This year, opening night at the Met features Camille Saint-Saëns' masterpiece Samson and Delilah in a new production starring operatic superstars Alina Garancha and Roberto Alagna. They were last seen together at the Met as the fiery duo of Carmen and Don Jose, and this production promises another evening of operatic fireworks. More about the 2018 opening night on today's episode of the Metropolitan Opera Guild podcast. The Metropolitan Opera Guild is dedicated to enriching people's lives through an awareness and deeper appreciation of opera. Our podcast features lectures and events presented by the Guild in support of performances at the Metropolitan Opera. The Metropolitan Opera Guild podcast is funded in part by support from the Stuart J. Pierce Memorial Fund. To learn more, visit metguild.org. There are few occasions to match the excitement, theatrical magic, and glamour of an opening night at the Metropolitan Opera. I'm Stuart Holt. And I'm Naomi Baratera, and we are your co-hosts this season for the Metropolitan Opera Guild podcast. On this episode, we welcome Opera News Editor-in-Chief F. Paul Driscoll and author, lecturer, and Met Radio commentator William Berger as they guide us through what to expect at opening night. This is F. Paul Driscoll, Editor-in-Chief of Opera News. I'm here with my friend Will Berger to discuss Samson et Dalila, Samson and Delilah, by French composer Camille Saint-Saëns, which is going to open the Met season for 2018-19. So let's get right in with some past performances. This opera has had such a long history at the house. Well over 200, and it started in 1895. But two times, they were very notable opening nights of the season. Talk about 1918. What happened then? That was the one I was not at. (laughs) And that was on November 11th, 100 years ago this season, which for the historically minded, that's a date that will jump out at you. It was Armistice Day, the end of World War I, and opening night of the Metropolitan Opera season. Same date, Enrico Caruso and Louise Homer. Mm -hmm. And they wowed the crowd on stage and in front of the stage as well. There were demonstrations of patriotism and joy. There was singing of national anthems at intermission right after Act One. Can you imagine? Mm. It seems almost at odds with the score and yet very present in the feelings of that night. So let's talk about another opening night on September 28th, 1998, which is a little bit later. And we were both there for that one. So tell us about that. Well, again, what jumps out at me was the cast, our two leads. Uh, It was Olga Borodina and Placido Domingo, who was celebrating then his 30th anniversary at the Metropolitan. And, of course, right now we are celebrating his 50th. Mm -hmm. So that puts... It, him, and us, all in historical (laughs) context there. Now, that was not, obviously, your first uh, Samson and Delilah. When did you first encounter it? What was your first performance of it? It was when I was a teenager. It was at the San Francisco Opera, and I knew nothing about it except the story, of course, in its both biblical but also cinematic uh, incarnations because it was always on TV, the black-and-white movie. And that was all I knew going into it. And again, the cast made something out of it that was truly remarkable. 
But I was also very impressed with the piece. It was one of those operas that jumped out at you and was easy to love right from the beginning. Although I would say I loved it in a different way than, than I love it now. Because what I remembered about the first time I encountered this opera were two parts of the opera that I think were put in by the composer to be remembered right away. Mm-hmm. And uh, one was that remarkable finale from the Bacchanal scene, this great ballet and everything scene on stage to the end where the whole temple collapses. And mm-hmm. it did on the stage and everybody shrieked and it was great fun. So that made an impression. And, of course, the love scene in Act Two with her famous aria that becomes a duet of sorts, but -hmm. I think a very interesting sort of duet. And those were the two things that made me say, wow, the first time. And they still make me say, wow, but now there are other things about this opera that have become special to me. So let's listen to a little bit of the famous Bacchanal from the last act. This is going to be from the opening night performance on September 28th, 1998, with the Metropolitan Opera Orchestra, conducted by James Levine. You also mentioned Dalila's famous aria, My Heart at Thy Sweet Voice, as we translate it in English. Mm. What is it about? Well, what do you think it's about? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It may be the supreme seduction aria in opera. She says to him that when he admitted he loved her, her heart opened. Let's listen to a bit of that from 1998, Olga Borodina. In Dalila's aria, Mon cœur s'ouvre ta voix.
That was Olga Borodina in Dalila's aria from Samson and Delilah. So you said there were other parts of the opera that captured your attention, such as... Such as the rest of it. You know what I mean? The (laughs) uh, the in-between points. But especially the beginning, the choral scenes at the beginning of Act One. Mm -hmm. If you only knew the Bacchanal and the love duet, Mm -hmm. you would never believe that the music for these scenes at the beginning of Act One were written by the same composer, let alone in the same opera. They are spiritual. They are austere. They remind us of Sanson's previous career, actually lifelong career, as a church musician, a composer of church music and an organist. And this was not something I noticed the first time I experienced this opera. But the beauty of it and the different moods of the chorus within this relatively austere palette really resonate with me now. So let's hear some of that choral music from Act One. This is also from that 1998 broadcast. So you said before that one of your other favorite moments is Samson's soliloquy in Mm. Act 3. Can you talk about that? Because it's one of my favorite pieces of the opera, too. At the beginning of Act 3, Samson has lost his power, his superhuman power that he displayed throughout the opera up until that point. And he is a prisoner, and he is chained to a treadmill of some sort or Mm -hmm. other, toiling away, and knows he will probably be facing the end soon. And he has a solo on stage. Now remember, what we heard before this was the great love scene at the end of Act Two. And probably everybody who's at least read the program knows that there's a great ballet and choral sequence about to come up. So this is in between those two very grand scenes. We laser focus, so to speak, on the character of the tenor, Samson who is known to us from other sources and yet not always known to us because we think of, oh, he's the one with the long hair and the great power who then gets his hair shorn and etc. However, for me what this does is it takes everything that's going on and it makes it human-scaled. Mm-hmm. And it says, well, what does the human being at the center of all this feel? And this is something that Verdi does so well and Wagner in his own way, a very different way, and Sansons does it here in a unique way, where we experience this character who has been all public persona, Mm -hmm. and even in his love scene is sort of playing a role, you might say. Now, it's him alone, you know, that Shakespearean idea, the thing itself, you know, the Mm -hmm. man himself, alone asking God, what happened? 
what have I been all this time? What am I now at this moment? What do I do about it? The soul-searching moment that you can explore so well in opera with the orchestra going this way and asking questions and being unresolved about some things and others, and then all the artistry of the tenor who is performing this role showing us this journey, this spiritual journey, spiritual crisis journey in that moment. It's devastating. It can be. Let's hear Placido Domingo singing that soliloquy. This is also from the performance of September 28, 1998. So one of the wonderful things about the Met opera and its reach, not only in the house but through the broadcasts and the HDs, is that there's always a new audience mm. member for every opera. There's always someone listening who's never heard it before. That's right. So for him or for her, what would you say is the thing to listen to for a Samson and Delilah newbie? I would say what I would say for every other opera, only more so. Mm -hmm. Trust your senses because they're telling the story in this opera. The score addresses your senses. So in the beginning, when you have the Hebrew choruses singing in their fearful and austere place, and at the end, when you have the Bacchanal in this very gaudy, in a sense, expression of sensuality, those things that you're feeling are correct. They are the story being told. Mm -hmm. Just listen for that. And the sensuality between the two leads in Act Two. It's there in the orchestra. It's there in their performance. All of that, I would say what you look for, what you set your sights on, is the range of color in this opera because they're all there. Mm -hmm. And journeying through the palette is the opera's experience. So how does the casting of Samson and Delilah, I mean, in your experience, for example, all the various casts you've seen in San Francisco or the Met, how does that change the opera, the way that the Samson and the Delilah play together? Right. Well, we talk about this story as archetypal, and what that means is that it's a story that keeps being repeated, but it 
becomes new every time people inhabit it, mm-hmm. right, with any archetype. It's so true of Samson and Delilah because the nuances of the leads, of uh, how they interact, some of that's in the voice itself, just the physics of the voice, and some of it is in what they do with it, and then some of it is in their physicality on the stage. So who are they? Who are these Samson and Delilah in question every night? And every night it will tell a either slightly or extremely different story that is always compelling. For example, is she cold and calculating? Or is she really a woman of love? Either way it comes out, there'll be a compelling story. Him, how virile is he? Is he this strong man? Is he truly, really this strong man leading his people, a warrior? Do you hear that? And if he is, how can he be so weak in her hands? How can such a strong man be so weak in this one woman's hands? And that's a story we see played out every day in our own lives around us. So the details and nuances will give a different result of who Mm -hmm. these people are. That's how the different casts make this a different, a somewhat different opera in a sense every time you experience it. But there's a wide range of possibilities of how it can work. That's what makes it a great opera. So in opening night this season, the Met has got a great Samson and a great Delilah, both making house role debuts, Roberto Alagna and Alina Garancha. What can we expect from them? Fire. (laughs) And I base that on what I experienced with them in Carmen, which they did a few years ago here at the Met, quite memorably. And Carmen is an opera that was written at the same time and place, roughly, Mm -hmm. as Samson and Delilah, Paris in the 1870s, and works with many of the same techniques musically and, well, I wouldn't say musically, but theatrically. And at the center of that story is what is the love between these two? Is it uh, how toxic is it and so on and so forth? And do you believe it? Do you believe that there is something at stake between these two? Well, you believed it to the point where I saw it several times and even through the rehearsal process, people were gasping. It was as if you were watching a murder happen Mm -hmm. on stage. So that level of commitment and all in, I think, will make for a really compelling reading of this opera. And French bass baritone Laurent Nauri is the Philistine high priest. Tell me about that character because it's overlooked a little bit. I mean, he's left out of the title line, but he's obviously a very important player here. It shouldn't be overlooked. As often in uh, opera, the baritone role forms an important triangulation of the two leads who get the title. Mm -hmm. And this is very true here. And throughout the opera... He has a role that is a little ambiguous and very intriguing. What are his motivations and so on and so forth. One of the other things, and this brings to mind an opera like Tosca, where you think, is there some sort of energy between the baritone and the soprano or mm-hmm. the, the female lead that there's not supposed to be? Um, beyond his music throughout the score, they sing almost in unison. They have a fugue toward the end that to me is very curious in the best sense. How are these two on the same wavelength? Why is Saint-Saëns telling us that they are? Mm -hmm. And it's a fascinating character and, of course, great opportunities for lyric beauty 
but also some dramatic things that have kept me rubbing my chin for many years. <laughs> Such as? What's going on here? <laughs> Who is this guy? What do he and Delilah have going on? How long have they been playing this game of different levels of warfare that they're mm-hmm. carrying out, spiritual, erotic, as well as military? Let's listen to that ensemble with Sergei Leiferkus and Olga Vorodina in 1998. <laughs> This is going to be a brand new staging by Darko Trezniak, who is a wonderful theater director, has done quite a bit of Shakespeare, the public theater. He won a Tony Award for A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. What do you think is going to happen in this production? What's he going to bring to it? When he gave the presentation of the new production, which is something you do for the cast and crew, saying, okay, this is what we're doing, and here are my designs, and here are my ideas— my jaw was on the floor. And that's, it's, that's not always easy to do, that even in productions that are fascinating to present them and say these are the ideas is sometimes very difficult. But I've never been more engaged ah. in what a director had to say about a piece. First of all, there, there's one thing that is really important to me, his love for the piece itself as what it is from a certain time and place without apologies or any other distance of approach. He was interested in this piece and he made that clear. He also said something that I thought was very captivating when he said he likes to create a production for the most intelligent person in the audience, Mm. which I thought, okay, that's something to pay attention to. He has set the story within its traditional time frame along with an air of timelessness, which I think is exactly what it is. That's what we do with the biblical story. It is from way back then and Mm -hmm. a little timeless also. It's archetypal. And there's a great deal of mystery in it. And that is there in the score. You can hear it in the exoticism of the score. And you'll see on the stage a great deal of lattice work and just like the great women of the golden age of cinema behind the veil. Mm -hmm. It's a way of enhancing and yet distancing the beauty. It makes you say, what's going on there? So we'll have a lot of that on the stage, too. Plus, just watching it in rehearsal, I've been sneaking in quite a bit, and everybody is very excited about the the production. I'm looking forward to it. That's September 24th, is it not? That is. Last Monday of September, opening night of the Met season. Great. Well, thank you very much for talking with me. This has been fascinating, as always. Thanks for asking me. It is always a pleasure. Many thanks to Opera News Editor-in-Chief F. Paul Driscoll and author, lecturer, and Met Radio commentator William Berger for giving us a sneak peek into what we can expect on September 24th, 
opening night at the Met. If you're interested in learning more about the operas of the upcoming season, please join us for a pre-performance lecture or perhaps a backstage tour. There really is something for everyone at the Metropolitan Opera Guild. For more info, please visit metguild.org. Until then, I'm Stuart Holt. And I'm Naomi Baratera. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you at opening night.